Welcome, uh, ladies and gentlemen, freedom fighters everywhere. We are here again, Voice of Christian Israel on Eurofolk Radio. Today is January 16, 2022, Marching March Luton Killing Day. Yes, <laughs> it is known by those uh, in uh, the patriotic movement. Okay, and of course, our usual guest, uh, Pastor Martins of South Africa. How are you doing, Pastor Martins? Good evening, Pastor Eli, and good evening to our listeners across the entire globe. Pastor, yes, interesting that you should mention patriotic. Uh, we're going to have some discussion on that as well. Uh, it's very important that we know what the actual definition or the meaning and the origin of the word patriotic comes okay. from. But, uh, yes, excellent, Pastor. We've had an um, rather... Uh, hot past three, uh, three or four days. I wanted to say that uh, I am convinced now that winter has finally departed from our part of the world. But uh, we've had our, I think, our third or fourth consecutive day of summer, which is fantastic. Yes. Okay. All right. So um, I received uh, uh, an email from a gentleman in South Africa, and. He and I uh, you know, had exchanged uh, information, I, I think he listens to our shows, about a uh, apparently a, a well-intentioned South African who thinks that current policies or, or policies by various uh, seemingly pro-Boer politicians uh, are doing just fine. I don't see how anybody can think that. But, uh, but anyway, uh, he wrote a letter to this person without naming him. And, uh, and this is what he has to say. So I'm just going to read through this, and you go ahead, feel free to comment at any point. A uh, couple, first couple paragraphs are pretty much introductory. Let me go through these real quick. He says, mm. Dear so-and-so, I have redacted the teacher's name so as not to shame him, but I feel he needed to learn the following, and it is good for all who know him to understand that he has been given a witness of history. That is, this... Uh, this uh, uh, missive that he is sending him. I praise you for your work for many years, however. I would like to point out some issues raised in your recent blog as to Tutu, I guess that's Desmond Tutu, and Zoodafrica, which he spells Z-U-I-D-A-F-R-I-K-A, Z-A. Indeed, Z-A. If you look at their national car stickers, the letters are not S-A, but Z-A. And the currency is called Zar, Z-A-R, Zuid-Afrikaans Rand. This is a reference to the founders of ZA, the Dutch, the Zebulonites. Do you want to comment at this point? Pastor, yes. Uh, that is a gross misgiving <laughs> uh, because the, the Dutch were known as the Cape Dutch and they remained in the Cape until after the, um, the, the uh, Union conference in 1910 that was when they invaded the Boer republics which were called of course the Boer republic of the ZAR as is um, also mentioned here 
but uh, and also the uh, Boer Republic of the Orange Free State. But what is very important for us to note at this point, and um, very few people are aware of it, that as recent as 60 years ago, uh, it was common knowledge that there were primarily two groups of Europeans, white Europeans, that mm -hmm. came to South Africa, or that came to the Cape. And it might be worthwhile to look at these two groups and define them so that people can understand why there had been an enmity between the Cape Dutch and the Boers right from the outset. Okay. Um, I wanted to say at this point, Pastor. Yeah, and uh, as uh, you've been elucidating here since, oh, what, it's 2022, and uh, I think you've been a guest on this show, co-host of this show for eight years now, <laughs> right? Well, and, Pastor, it's, yeah. it's been since February 2015. If, uh, if okay. you can recall, um, I was a guest on your show on the uh, around about September, end of September in 2013. Okay. I also presented um, your show to uh, Sunet Bridges at the time in, in the uh, run-up yeah. to the 10th of October Red Balloon Day. Right, right. If you yeah. can recall. But I only started co-hosting with you in February of 2015. Yeah, because we didn't have Eurofolk uh, Radio yet, and uh, those shows, those Correct. previous shows we did, I think it was Blog Talk Radio, something like that. But uh, yeah. yeah, 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 and so, you know, so that's how we got to know each other is through those shows. And then uh, it wasn't really until 2014 that you had the visitation by the angel to explain to you, which, uh, if, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you yourself didn't know there was a difference between the Boer people and the Cape Dutch Afrikaners up until that point. Correct? Pastor, to an extent, I did know that there was a difference. Uh, you will remember um, um, uh, Kluter. Um, okay. He, he, uh, the Boerfolk Radio, Tienz uh, Kluter, um, spent some time with you on uh, the air as well. And uh, uh, in some way or the other, I ended up... Um, talking with you as well, I think Mark Singer, if you can recall him, um, suggested that I make contact with you and that we discuss the details. Um, but that was after the visitation of the angel. But before the visitation of the angel, I had some uh, some clue as to uh, the Cape Dutch Afrikaners, but not with the fact that there was a racial difference between the two. And that is very important that uh, we know that there is a racial difference between the Cape Dutch uh, that are um, the, the uh, pregenitors uh, of the Cape Dutch or the Afrikaners today mm -hmm. and the Boers, the Boers whom arrived in the Cape as basically as slaves to the Dutch East Indian Company where the Cape Dutch Afrikaners were uh, all the... Um, uh, employees and they were the uh, um, stores managers and the governors and the mm -hmm. uh, they, they were in the permanent uh, um, employment of the Dutch East Indian Company in the Cape Dutch 
Yeah, it was a corporate. It was a corporate operation. Uh, the Dutch East India Company, owned uh, by uh, Ashkenazi or possibly even uh, you know, other Jews. Okay, uh, uh, but Sephardic Jews primarily, Sephardic? Oh, okay. but also Gazarian Jews were also present in in the environs of Amsterdam at the time of the, mm-hmm. even before the creation of the Dutch East Indian Company. In fact, uh, one um, has to look at the. Uh, edict of Alhambra, which was in 1492, which um, basically over a four-month period uh, forced um, many of the Sephardic Jews out of Spain, and and in 1495 out of Portugal, and right. many thousands of these uh, Sephardic Jews and um, had. Uh, migrated uh, either to England or to Amsterdam in Holland, uh, although many of them also migrated to South America and the uh, yeah. West Indian islands, etc. But uh, many of them went to Amsterdam because there was a, a very great level of tolerance of all religions within Holland at the time. Uh-huh. Right, and many of them went to New Amsterdam, right here in America too, also known now as New yes. York, <laughs> New York City. That's right, right. Okay, so let's continue. So Z A is the correct uh, you know, uh, initial Acronym. here. Uh, yes, Z A. Zuid Africa, okay, is mentioned in the Bible as the land beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, where the daughters of his scattered ones will bring his offerings. In early maps, until up until modern times, and indeed we see this on the first world map that shows the name America, that all Africa south of the Sahara down to the northern borders of what is now Zimbabwe or Rhodesia, and Namibia, Deutsch Sudwest Africa or Sudwest Africa, was called Ethiopia. And uh, yes, I, I think he's correct about that. Maybe you can elaborate. Pastor, uh, yes, he's reference to the. Um, the the uh, land beyond, or the um, land beyond the rivers of Egypt, uh, not Ethiopia, but Kush. Kush, okay. Um, is in Zephaniah, and and it's quite important that we perhaps look at that for a bit in Zephaniah. I just want to get to that particular. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, um, as you're going there, I'll just comment uh, that Ethiopia is commonly misplaced in in place of Kush because uh, that that brings people into you know, let me put it this way the sons of Kush were Israelites or actually not Israelites but uh, 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 Japhethites and or uh, uh, Hebrews okay they're not Africans they were not of any other race they were white people and so when you use the term Ethiopia, a lot of people go to Africa thinking that, that this word Ethiopia means blacks, but it does not. It never meant that. It never will. <laughs> Back to you. Yes, exactly. Um, I uh, had a look at the, um, I'm just browsing through the Hebrew Roots Bible at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, that also says, from beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, yep. my worshippers, the daughter of my scattered ones, shall bring my food offering uh, in that day you shall not be ashamed from all your doings in which you have transgressed against me for then i will take away those who rejoice in your pride out of your midst 
and you shall not again be proud anymore in my holy mountain. I will also leave a people poor and weak in your midst, and they shall trust in the name of Yahweh. Mm-hmm. The remnant of Yasharel shall do, uh, not do injustice, nor speak lies, and a deceitful tongue shall not be found in their mouth, for they shall feed and lie down, and no one shall frighten them. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, in, in this particular aspect, there, there are uh, some of the uh, translations that correctly uh, translate it to um, the Kush. Um, mm-hmm. Right, should be Kush. Yeah, let me just uh, tell people there's, there's actually three areas in Scripture that are referred to as Kush. One is C- Central Arabia. That's Cush, and but it's also called Ethiopia in some translations. Okay, we have the Aryan Cush, which is the area where Abraham's uh, sons through Keturah settled. Okay, and we have the uh, uh, the Hamites who settled uh, along the Nile River. That area is called the Hamitic Cush. Okay, and so depending, yes. and Ethiopia is simply the word that the Greeks applied to those areas, and that's why we see this word Ethiopia. And the word Ethiopia means sunburned faces, and only white people get sunburned faces, right? <laughs> to make a yes. note of it, right? <laughs> so uh, yeah, so um, we have to understand there are three different geographical areas that are referred to as Cush. And so I think this one is referring to the one by, beyond the River Nile, okay, and yes. south of the Sahara, as the author uh, say, says. Okay, uh, back yeah. to you. But Pastor, um, I wonder if we at this point, just so that we can draw the distinction between the, um, the Cape Dutch, just to correct or to rectify this particular statement that the ZA, the founders of the ZA, were the Dutch um, and the Zebulonites, okay. which is not true. Okay. In, in fact, there were um, some. There were some the, Zebulonites, right? Not, but not many. They definitely there were some Zebulonites, but um, if one goes into the the, the history of um, the uh, the Dutch or the Cape Dutch who did come to the the uh, the Cape under Jan van Rubiek. Uh, those were primarily um, Sephardic Jews that had converted mm. to Christianity. Oh, no, they didn't. During... <laughs> but they pretended yes, they to. Yeah, okay, right. Go ahead. Um, they, they were called the New Christians in Amsterdam. And the reason for that, well, in 1602, they, the, these Sephardic Jews, they practiced their... Sephardic Jewish or Talmudic Judaism. Right. They practiced that in, in because that was why they fled from Spain. And they, um, as individual small groups of dealers or merchantmen, they, um, they, they ran shipping lines between England and Scotland and Ireland and Amsterdam and also Norway, Scandinavian la- countries, uh, Iceland, Greenland, and then also all the way across to Newfoundland, which of course is um, the the current USA, uh, the West Indian Islands, uh, and South America. They uh, dealt. Remember now, they they prior to the 
Edict of Alhambra in 1492, they were also known as the Spanish traders. Right. So they traded with the South American countries, mm -hmm. Brazil, with the Mayans. They traded um, tobacco. Uh, so they knew all of these uh, routes that had uh, been uh, opened by trade tradesmen from Spain and Portugal. Mm -hmm. In fact, they were also passing the Cape, rounding the Cape on numerous occasions, all the way to um, Madagascar, to, to the um, uh, um, India, to uh, Ceylon, uh, mm -hmm. to Bengal. Yeah, and all over the world. The yeah. Far East countries. So they traded during that period before the, uh, even before the establishment of the Dutch East Indian Company, the VOC. But they, because of the competition that the same Sephardic Jews that fled Spain, they established a business or a corporation in England, which was called the Tea Company, the English Tea Company. Uh -huh. okay. And they also traded on the same routes and they found themselves in a situation where they were actually in competition. Uh -huh. So they decided to get together the 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 ten biggest groups uh, of of small merchantmen in in Holland decided to get together and they uh, decided to establish the Dutch East Indian Company uh -huh. in okay. competition with the British Tea Company. Uh -huh. Okay. And then yeah. and then um, they decided when when the Dutch East Indian Company was established in 1602. Um, they then amalgamated the ships and the vessels with, with which they uh, ventured into the far mm -hmm. uh, eastern countries. Right. But then the competition from England became quite fierce, especially in terms of uh, musket, um, um, also in terms of uh, spices from India. Mm -hmm. Tea, obviously so, tea, yeah. <laughs> and tea, yeah. and tea. So right. what they did was they decided to then increase the, the or increase the size of their vessels because ah. they they were at war with Spain, um, they were at war with England, and they found themselves in a position where they could not master over the vessels of the Spanish fleet and the British fleet. Right. So they decided to m build larger vessels and then increase the number of vessels so that they could actually master yeah. and with increased volumes take the market in Europe. And right. that was what they did. They, But they opened up um, the, the capital... Uh, investment possibilities to on a well on a much wider basis and they uh, managed to gain the capital investment from the from the Dutch church the Dutch which which mm -hmm. was of course run by the this the state the Dutch state and the Dutch church was one and the same uh -huh. just as the Roman Catholic Church was um, one and the same state and church was right. exactly the same in 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 Italy yeah. and also Holy Roman Empire. In, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Also, so where and, and Spain the, and Spain, very importantly, and okay. Spain, of, yeah. of course, that was mm-hmm. why the edict of um, Alhambra was called out, yeah. and uh, then also. In exactly the same way, all the countries that were dominated by Calvinism. Right. The the Calvinists also had the church and the state as one. The church was a, um, the the state side of it was the the, the collectors of taxes, whereas the church side was the, the promoter of the state right and that right. was also the the same thing which Jan van Riebeek brought to the Cape he brought the state church and the church state to the, uh, the Cape and but that was in 1652 now it was about four years later that Jan van Riebeek realized that the vessels passing the Cape could not be um, refurbished or re um, uh, 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 provided or reprovisioned with just the abilities of those that came to build the fort and to establish the halfway station. Yeah, they needed so white people. They needed white people to do that. <laughs> so, so, what he did, he wrote a letter to the to the Lord Seventeen, asking the Lord Seventeen to send people to the Cape. As settlers, now one must also remember that the Dutch East Indian Company um, individuals did not come as settlers. They came as temporary um, builders of um, yeah. and establishers of this halfway station. Yeah, company managers. The, yeah, they're company managers. Exactly. Yes. It was just a, an enterprise of the corporation. Now you say Lord exactly. 17. Is that uh, Lord... Uh, Plural or singular? Are you, are you talking about a single person of the? No, you know, that was a council of seventeen. Okay. That was established between the ten, the ten chambers. They called them the chambers. Uh, one from Amsterdam, one from Rotterdam, one from Warren, one from Enkhuizen. So they were a number of towns where, um, before the establishment of the Dutch East Indian Company, from where. Harbor, uh, harbor towns from where these um, mm-hmm. these Sephardic Jews operated their vessels. Right. Okay. So they had they they had these ten chambers, and from the ten chambers there was a representation in the what they called the Lord Seventeen or the yeah. um, uh, the masters of the Dutch East Indian Company. Okay. Very good. Now, now, over and above that, one must realize that the um, the so-called Dutch, whom actually were Sephardic Jews, when they decided to increase the the or, or um, increase the number of their vessels and also increase the sizes of their vessels, they lured the Dutch East or the the Dutch state and church, the Dutch. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Netherlands or the Nederduits gereformeerde, the Dutch Reformed Church, right. they lured them into the Dutch East Indian Company as a capital investor. Right. And <laughs> yeah. But to gain the the Dutch Reformed Church as a capital investor, these Sephardic Jews became Christians, Calvinistic Christians, 
in order to get the Dutch Reformed Church to participate in okay. as a capital investor. Aha. So okay. these Jews became they 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 outwardly they were Christians but inwardly they were still Jews. Right. Well, that's the same and thing that was true in Spain. Uh, the uh, Exactly. Yeah, and that's why the Queen Maranos. Isabella yeah, Murano, that's why the Queen Isabella kicked them out. <laughs> right? Because it was they were false converts. They were still practicing Judaism in spite of pretending yeah. outwardly to be Christians. Yeah. Um and they were also called um, the Maranos, but they were also called uh, Conversos. Right. The Conversos were the ones that uh, actually created the problem because they uh, outwardly they uh, pretended to be Roman Catholic, but inwardly they were still practicing uh, Talmudic Judaism. No, they wouldn't and do that. <laughs> right. They were. Right. Yeah, That's I mean, people don't know that about these Jews. They, they always pretend to be something they're not in order to ingratiate themselves with their, well, their potential slaves, but in this case, customers, right? In this now, case, they wanted customers. Now, what must be made very clear at this point, these Dutch or these Sephardic Jews as Dutch, pseudo-Dutch, they came to the Cape to exploit the Loca locality of the Cape for financial and commercial purposes. And that was the only reason why they established this halfway station. That's right. Yeah. To establish the position and locality of the Cape for financial and commercial yeah. okay. benefit uh, uh, and gain. Yeah, let me interject here because the situation in America was very similar. You actually had two settlements. You know, the original uh, colonists who came aboard the Mayflower settled up at uh, Chesapeake Bay, I think it was, and uh, they're the ones who dealt with the Indians. But there was also Jamestown to the farther south uh, in what is today Virginia. And uh, in Virginia, it was a very similar establishment. It was a, uh, a exactly. Dutch East India Company. It was a business proposition. They also tried to establish a farming colony there, but that colony failed. That failed. It didn't well, go anywhere. Go ahead exactly the same reason why when Jan van Riebeek wrote a letter to the uh, Lords 17, plural Lords, mm -hmm. um, he, he requested that they send settlers to be permanent residents in uh -huh. the Cape. Yeah. So, and those people who came as residents at the Cape were those that were fleeing um, northern and east, well, um, eastern and northern um, Europe because the aggressors in that part of the world were the Calvinists, not right. so much the the, the Roman Catholics, but okay. the Calvinists. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the Calvin, they, Calvin was an oppressor in his own right. <laughs> right, most exactly. people don't realize that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, please continue. Uh, well, the reason why they don't realize that is because they don't know that he was also a Jew. He was <laughs> right? a, his, right? his ancestors were Sephardic Jews who had moved to France. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, they, and he was he was born as John Cohen. Yeah. In France. Right. Chauvin, I think it's actually pronounced in in French. Chauvin. Uh, Cohen. 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 Okay. okay. 
but it's oh, spelled yeah. it's spelled like Chauvin. That's how it's spelled. Anyway, yeah. So this yes. is very yeah very interesting, and uh, so he. Uh, uh, that, that is the the Dutch East India Company as you're establishing its uh, precursors here in these uh, yes. ten ports of uh, of Holland. Okay, yeah. Yes. So so yeah. So you're saying his uh, representation of the, these people as being Dutch is mistaken. That's the primary. Yes. Uh, well, also further on where he states that uh, these were Christians. All in right. <laughs> they were conversos. They were yeah. Not. Yeah, they were conversos. Yeah. No, no. Um, the, the, the Cape Dutch were, in fact, conversos, and they were uh, not just conversos because the conversos related to the uh, converse, those that converted to Roman Catholicism in Spain. Mm-hmm. But in Holland, they were called the Nuva or Neo Christians. Okay. The Neo Christians were being. <laughs> Right, neo Christians, yes, uh-huh. um, and and they were being dealt with like as if they were precious and gold because they were now new converts into Calvinism. Right, and they were also seafaring merchantmen, so they were building the uh, economy of Amsterdam in particular at a tremendous rate. In fact, the most uh, the fastest growth of any economy up to the 1800s was mm-hmm. with the establishment of the Dutch East Indian Company in Amsterdam. Yeah. Now, so quick, yeah, quick. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, but it, was the Dutch government, the Christian Dutch government, at all wise to any of this, or was all of this simply happening under their noses? Uh, Pastor, um, what I could establish is that. The way in which the Dutch Reformed Church or the Dutch government at the time insisted that um, the seafaring uh, um, operators and seamen mm-hmm. of the Dutch East Indian Company established Dutch Reformed Churches wherever they established or wherever they tried. A colony. And to, okay. in this yes. regard, in this regard, Oh, there's, there are long stories to be told even about the establishment of the Dutch Reformed Church in Newfoundland or in, uh, um, uh, you mentioned, I think, Delaware or in New York yeah. City. Jamestown, what, yeah, what, yeah. Uh, New Amsterdam, yes, New York City. Yeah. New Amsterdam. And, and the battles that were fought and where the Dutch Reformed Church um, actually created a situation where they had this false front of the church, but they were in fact harboring um, Jews. soldiers. <laughs> okay, they were yeah, harboring yeah. soldiers to protect the Jews. Right, there now, you go, there you go. Uh-huh. Well, it's called but Wall they, Street today, folks. There was a, a literal wall where the Jews lived in their own ghetto. Yes. In New Amsterdam. Yes. All right, that's Wall, wall and, Street today, yeah. And it was a fortified um, uh, area. Yeah. Okay. Because, because one one must realize that the Jews have always been those that fortified themselves. They 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 um, uh, they, they actually uh, I, and I've mentioned it on a number of occasions. They assimilate those whom they intend to parasite upon. Sure. Absolutely. And, once Absolutely. they've assimilated and they've uh, received the 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 um, 
Um, well, one can say the the acceptance. Yeah, seal of, of approval. They wish to. <laughs> Correct. The seal of approval. Then they start establishing. Then they start establishing organizations so that they can eventually take full control of right. state politics and church. Uh, still pretending, church, still pretending to be Christians. Yeah, and also money. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I, I take it uh, the Dutch government, which was putatively Christian, you know, uh, uh, nominally Christian as most Christians are today, and even in those days, they, they uh, yes. whether or not they uh, knew, they obviously knew these people were Jews, but uh, yes. they, they didn't really care what uh, what religion they practiced because they stood the government, the Dutch government, stood to make. Uh, millions and billions of dollars off of this enterprise by charging these Jews a tax? Is that, uh, is that how um, in, it's supposed to work? N n well, not so much as charging them tax, but putting them in a position where they had to enslave so many other countries or millions of people in other countries who, whom were taxed. Oh, I see. Those, so the ta they uh, were the tax collectors. In, in, so the, the these in Jews. Fact, yes, Pastor. Okay. If if you if you the interesting part of this is if you start reading the history of the Dutch East Indian Company in uh, countries like Indonesia, in for example Bali, in uh, Vietnam, um, uh, all over the the Far East uh, Eastern Island uh, countries, you will find that they loathe the Christian Christianity, they loathe oh, the yes. Dutch Reformed Church, they loathe um, the Dutch because of the atrocities that the Dutch East Indian companies represented or representatives, the Jews, these um, uh, Sephardic Jews that operated uh, the vessels as seamen and as um, uh, um, governors mm -hmm. right. of these countries where they yeah. oppressed and murdered thousands of them. Yeah, yeah, in um, every every single country that, that they operated in. Every in every single country where they arrived. Yeah, east and west. Now, yeah. go ahead. Now, when when the the um, those settlers arrived and they started arriving in the Cape, which Jan van Riebeek had requested the Dutch East, uh, the the, the um, Lord Seventeen sent to the Cape. When they started arriving, many of them were as uh, family units, family groups, and in other words, the husband and wife with children. And then Jan van der Rubiek wrote a letter to the Dutch Reformed, uh, in fact, to the, the, the Lord 17, and he complained. He said to the Lord 17, you're sending us people who are not married and they have children out of wedlock. Mm. Does that sound like people who have been uh, Christianized in Europe? Uh. No, they, they, they did not go through the Babylonic ritual of being married or getting married in front of a priest in church yeah. because they came as the, the descendants of the house of Jacob and yeah. they followed through on that which they had practiced for um, the previous 
three and a right, half thousand yeah, that, years. They didn't need no stinking uh, chaplain or, or what do you call it uh, here? Uh, they go to a uh, a state uh, a state li- licensed uh, not pastor, but justice of the peace. That's the term, a justice of the peace yeah. who from whom you get a license, right? We don't need no stinking well, license. <laughs> <laughs> right. Also, that that is a battle I've been fighting for the past few months mm-hmm. here in in South Africa, and be, because this Calvinistic uh, deception that you must get married in front of a minister, and this minister must um, ask you if you promise to take this wife or this woman as your wife uh, till death do you part and give one another the right hand. It, it, all that is. If you yeah, look at it, it's it's it's, um, it's, it's made all up. occultic, yeah. myth- mythological, and right. um, paganistic uh, belief systems that came into Christianity with the uh, it, with the the um, uh, Council of Nicaea yeah, in yeah. 325 AD. Now, w- w- uh, in this particular regard, remember right in the beginning of the show, I mentioned about patriotic. Now, this is very important. The definition of patriotic, now you must remember that um, what I said about the Sephardic Jews fleeing Spain and Portugal um, in uh, 1492 and 1495 respectively, they fled to Holland because of Holland's more... um, Liberal. Uh, Holland was liberal. Well, that's a, yeah. But, but <laughs> right? also... Pro-Jewish. Um, yeah, it, that's what liberal really means. Pro-Jewish, yeah. But not just liberal. They were very uh, amical. Uh, uh, Am- Am- they amical, had yeah. a lot of tolerance. Yeah. A lot of to- tolerance for various religions, not just the Dutch Reformed Church. They had a religious freedom or a far greater religious freedom Right. In Holland, than they that than what the Dutch East Indian Company actually ex- mm-hmm. uh, yeah. practiced yeah. outside of Holland. Right. Because okay. outside of Holland, they they practiced a, a system whereby, um, and and I'll get to that as well. Where, for example, Jan van Riebeek actually declared an edict in the Cape, stating that no one can live as a permanent resident in the Cape if they are not also members of the Dutch Reformed mm. Church. Right. Now you must think about it this way. The the people who came as settlers, they were uh, people who were persecuted in Europe because they refused to become part of the church, uh, state and right. church um, system, system yes. yep. of, the, of Europe. And they were um, prosecuted. They they were known as patriotic. Now the word patri- patriotic comes from the uh, high uh, the high German word pater. Okay. Pater meaning father. Okay. Are you with me, pater? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loyalty to your father or fathers. Not right? to your father, but. Listen to this. Okay. Remember, I said patriotic. What way does yeah. that yacht come from? Okay, a good question. The, <laughs> the Hebrew word, yot hei vav hei. Oh, okay. Very good. 
So they were patriotic in their belief in Yahweh. Very good. That is why they got the this handle. They were were labeled. They patriotic. They were patriotas. Mm Hmm. Okay. Now the other thing is, they were keepers of the Sabbath because there were chimney watchers appointed by, uh, by amongst others by uh, John. Cohen himself mm. appointed chimney watchers who were policemen that would watch their neighborhoods for <laughs> Spies. houses that, for example, on a Saturday or on the seventh day, Sabbath, the seventh Sabbath day would not let out smoke. Okay. Every other day they have uh, smoke coming out, but on a Saturday, no smoke. What okay. is the indication? They were Sabbath keepers. Right. So they did not uphold Sunday as the holy day. Mm-hmm. And those families would be taken out of their houses, rounded up on the Monday, and they would be burnt on this. Okay, the uh, following day, right? <laughs> just, well, just so they I... would be burnt on, on uh, what do you call it, uh, Um the uh, same On an altar. As, um, yeah. Uh, on a trash heap. Um, I'm, I'm just, yeah. Not the trash heap, but um, uh, Michael Servetus uh, was executed by virtue of being burnt at the stake. Uh huh, okay. Um, yeah, by, on a cross um, or something. Calvin. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's j- just like today, uh, you can if you if you don't have your vaccine passport, <laughs> you can get arrested. Exactly. Right? Yeah, same type well, of deal. Well, Pastor, well, what I've uh, said on numerous occasions on Facebook, for example, is that the Boers have endured and outlived this sort of thing that we're experiencing now where where you cannot buy or sell or you cannot work or you cannot uh, travel because you don't have a vaccine. They have outlived this situation on numerous occasions in the past. Yes. Young van Riebeek, for example, the edict that that he had uh, uh, announced after thousands of these Dutch, uh, sorry, after thousands of the people who eventually would were tagged or labeled as Boers, mm-hmm. after they arrived, they uh, remember that there was, I've mentioned this on uh, numerous occasions before, where they they could only get onto the vessel in lieu of a 150 Reichsdalders debt, mm-hmm. a letter of debt that they right. signed. And that was their passage to the Cape. Yeah, so now, it was a credit card, but they became indentured servants as a result. But that 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 um, uh, debt was to be worked off as uh, as labor, uh, or in terms of labor to be um, labor to be worked for for the Dutch East Indian or, Company. Yeah, or paid back at the rate of mm-hmm. as payback. At the rate of three Reichsdalders per month. Okay. In other words, they were indebted for for yeah. fifty months. Okay, that's very important. And, very important. Uh, sorry for interrupting here, because this is the racket that the Pharisees and their uh, Babylonian cohorts were running outside the temple in Jerusalem, where exactly. they had, they had the half shekel, 
And uh, when you got to the temple, you had to exchange whatever money you had for a half shekel. And, that, and that's the only way you could buy sacrifices, right? So you had to go through the yeah. banker. It's like in Las Vegas where you have to get poker chips <laughs> before you can gamble, right? It's the same yeah. situation. Now they can fluctuate the value of the half shekel any way they please, right? And they, this way they make more money. So like in, in the Las Vegas gambling institution, they can charge 10 bucks a chip, 20 bucks a chip, 50 bucks a chip, right? Whatever they can get, whatever, you know, whatever they can squeeze out of the gamblers. Yeah, go ahead. Exactly. Whatever the, whatever the going rate is or whatever value yeah. they want to attach to that. They, yeah, they're the ones who... Is it not exactly, yeah, is it's, it not exactly the same with Bitcoin? Right. Is it not exactly the <laughs> well, same with uh, cryptocurrency? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the banksters want to institute their own uh, cryptocurrency, which they hope will supersede Bitcoin. You know, we'll see how that works out. They may, they, they could uh, forbid cryptocurrency altogether, right? Which they, they, they will do that. Uh, and uh, I don't know if they can really do that because it's internet dependent, right? And they really, but nevertheless, well, yeah, go ahead. There are centers um, in, in the on the globe. I don't know exactly where it is, but where Bitcoin uh, uh, auto, mm -hmm. uh, what we call auto tellers, where Bitcoin auto tellers have already, when they were established, the Bitcoin auto tellers established in malls are all marked with the sign of the Illuminati. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is the the pyramid with the all-seeing right. eye. Yeah, okay. And, and those were of the first that you could only access in some countries at this stage if you are jabbed. Right, okay, yeah, and that eye has a camera in it <laughs> for facial recognition, right? Correct. Man, people are being sucked into this. It's unbelievable how the world is being sucked into this, you know, alternative form of currency, you know, which, uh, as we know, well, if you could take the jab, uh, this this radiates, they, this inf your personal information radiates out uh, like you're uh, yes. uh, a modem, right? You're a walking modem yes. broadcasting this information Absolutely. all over the place. Okay, I see we only have about 10, 10 minutes left, okay? So yes. yeah, he gets into the actual settlement uh, situation, in the next paragraph, unless you have a little bit more to say about you know this payback situation. Post, I, I want to still continue about the uh, individuals who came or the groups that came as settlers. Okay. Now you remember I said that Young von Riviak wrote a letter stating uh, to the the Lord Seventeen that uh, they were sending people to the Cape who were who were not married, and that had. A lot mm -hmm. of children out of wedlock, asking Supposedly. for yeah. for the, the the Lord Seventeen to send someone to the Cape to actually marry these people, and the reason for that was they could only obtain their what was called the free burger status once they have been forced into the Dutch Reformed Church. Right now, they couldn't be. They couldn't be forced to become Dutch Reformed uh, uh, individuals right. without them being what the Dutch Reformed Church calls baptized, but that there's, of course, the sprinkling of water on their foreheads, mm -hmm. which is also 
in those days, if you did not have it in the Cape, if you were not baptized or Christianized, you could not buy or sell. Okay. It was as simple as that. That's a mark you, on your you, forehead. Exactly, Pastor. <laughs> That's a mark on your forehead. That, Go ahead. Over and above that is that these people whom were now had repaid their debt in terms of service for 50 months. Mm -hmm. They cannot receive or they could not receive their free burger status pending being baptized or Christianized and then getting married before a marriage, what do you call mm -hmm. them? A parson, whatever. Uh, Justice of the peace. A justice of the peace, but they they called them evilux and that person would, for example, come all the way from Holland to come and marry these people, and mm -hmm. he could not marry them because they had not been baptized or they Christianized. They didn't have the mark of the beast on their foreheads yet. <laughs> be, be, That's... Because, as they were saying, that they cannot marry people who were not part of the right. Sure, religion. Sure. But here, let me interject so, so, here, uh, because this is really important for listeners to understand that uh, Ruth and uh, Boaz did not get married in front of a parson, right? And uh, none of the... Yeah, and, uh, and Jacob and Rachel and did not get married in front of a parson, okay? It was just something Isaac that... Isaac and Rebecca didn't. They didn't Abraham either. And no. Sarah no, there was no parson or justice of the peace to perform any ceremony. For the most part, they just agreed between themselves to be husband and wife, and they went and bore children. Even in the book of Tobit, which is probably the classic example, uh, because there were two Israelites, I forget which tribe they are, and uh, the, the parents uh, of uh, both, uh, both uh, uh, marriages, mar <laughs> I don't know if there's a term for it, but, but the future husband and wife, they said, go for it, get married and bear children. There were no ceremony, well, none. Well, Back to you. Pastor, you you missing a particular point. Okay. Just say ceremony slowly. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, money. It was oh, all uh, about money. Money. <laughs> right. Ceremony. Money, 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 money. Right. Now, the whole thing is this: when Jan van Riebeek complained that these people were not married. The, now remember, it takes up to four months for the vessel from the Cape to reach right. Holland. It takes another four months from the for the vessel to reach the Cape again, for the so-called Hevelingsbevestiger to arrive in the Cape. Now he turns around and he says, "These people cannot be married because they haven't been Christianized." Mm. Right. So Jan van Riebeek writes a letter to the. Year 17, the Lord 17, please send us somebody who can baptize these people because that yeah. can only be done by a domini. And, uh, and officiate, so at any, officiate at any any ceremonies. Yeah, right. So in, in other words... In the meantime... The, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. In the meantime, these settlers are dealt with as white slaves right. by the Dutch East Indian Company. Sure. Sure. And, and we and still are. It's called taxation. And, and they, yeah. Well, they they 
they had become worse than the black slaves because there were certain aspects about the black slaves that they could uh, that they could deal with the Dutch East Indian Company. Yeah. But there was no way in which they could deal with these white slaves. Well, here, and let me just, yeah, now here, the, uh, what you just said is very important because they couldn't uh, squeeze any blood out of the black rock, <laughs> as it were, because they weren't farmers. Exactly. They didn't have anything to give. They didn't yeah. have anything to offer. Only these white boar yeah. people, who are, were primarily Germans, you know, what, uh, primarily 90... Germans. Yeah. That's so important. Okay. Many of them were Prussians from the Republic of Prussia, but most of them were Germans. Okay. So this particular writer writes and says it was Dutch. It's yeah. not true. In yeah. fact, they were Dutch, but those were Germans primarily that had uh, settled in Holland because of the yeah. uh, increased level of tolerance in Holland. Okay. Yeah. So to a large degree, degree they were still Germans and Germany was uh, um, the biggest concentration of all 12 tribes yes. of the house of Jacob yes that at that was time also yeah. why they was that was also why they were so inundated and invaded by these Ashkenazis and the Kazarians yeah and yeah. also of course the Sephardi the Sephardim Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But people don't realize that they were. Uh, it was a very dynamic situation. It was not as if Zebulon were were all the, the only the, one, uh, right? The, yeah, not the only one. Exactly. Not the only tribe. Yeah. 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 And exactly. Very good. In the same way, the people in in America, the uh, in fact, some some families were broken up because the vessel was full. They could only take on so many passengers mm-hmm. at a time. Uh, half of the family ends up in in Cape. Uh, the other half of the family ends yeah. up in uh, Newfoundland or in New York. Yeah. Now, as it turns out, the, these flotillas of so-called refugees from Africa across the Mediterranean, white people still have to pay the tax for that. Exactly. Yeah, we're still being taxed for everything. Everything Be- under the because sun. Because of the because of these Edomite Jews, Boston, That's because right. the Edomite Jews have control of just about everything. Just about everything, but yeah. The, yeah. The beast, the mystery Babylon, the, the final beast. beast before the destruction of the uh, world's economic system, which is, now, and of course, uh, since we're on that, we only have a few minutes left, the World Economic Forum, okay? Yeah. It's a, uh, Schwab. Schwab, he's a Rothschild. You know, exactly. The United yeah, Nations and Edomite Jew, yeah, all, all these the Edomite Jews and the Sephardic Jews, and of course the Ashkenazi, they control every financial institution on the planet, except maybe for your local bank, <laughs> right? But the, even your local okay. bank has to do business with them. Well, right. Pastor, even your piggy bank is controlled by them. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so the, and this uh, again, uh, the third beast of the Book of Revelation, which was old Babylon, this old Babylon system of manipulating the the value of currencies such as the half shekel, was brought to Jerusalem yeah. by them, and now it's all over the world manipulating the value of currencies, and they they can with their computers. They can trade currencies from one country to another and exploit the different values and simply make a profit thereby until the values yeah. of the currencies are pretty much equalized. Then they'll find another currency they, they can do this with. 
Well, Pastor, to, to give you the uh, an idea as to the extent in which the Rothschilds managed to control the British Empire, the whole British Empire, mm -hmm. after the after the First Anglo-Boer War, Britain did they bluntly refused not ever to get involved in a war with the Boers again. Okay. Because it was so embarrassing for the mightiest uh, um, military power on the planet to be. Uh, overrun and to be outwitted defeated by, by farmers a handful of boers defeated by farmers just as uh, they were defeated by american farmers very interesting exactly. <laughs> right well, well to, to give you some perspective uh, on this but pastor 278,000 British soldiers could not, uh, well, succumbed Do, to 22,000 yeah. boers yeah they just could not subdue a, a force that's one-tenth of their size Less than one-tenth of their well, size. Less than one-tenth of their size. Yeah. So they they refused to get into the, and the Cape Dutch wanted, they, they wanted the Boers to be annihilated because right. in 1854 there was a conspiracy to, 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 to eradicate the Boers by virtue of... Right. Uh, 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 yeah, well, genocidal war. Yeah, genocidal war, getting... Uh, 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 genocide, yes. Yeah, right, that's and, what... Yeah. But but then, and I've mentioned this on a number of occasions already, is Onse Jan Hofmeyer joined up with um, Cecil John Rhodes, and in fact he went with Cecil John Rhodes to England to go and represent and to uh, uh, defend Cecil John Rhodes' Jamison invasion. Oh, wow. Okay. Cecil John Rhodes was... Um, yeah. uh, was to be reprimanded by the British government for this massive mm -hmm. uh, uh, embarrassment of the Jamison invasion with right. British military clothes and military soldier, uh, right. show, um, uh, soldiers and also military It was a staged act of terrorism blamed on the Boer people as, as they still That's do right. even today staging acts of terrorism, blaming it on white people, and the world thinks, oh, uh, the greatest evil in the world is white supremacism. Oh, my God, the boogeyman. Well, yeah. we've run out of time. But, this is how the Jews operate, folks. Okay? Yes, exactly. All right. Okay, well, uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to be out of town next week, so I won't be doing any live shows next weekend. So in two weeks okay, from today, Pastor. we'll pick this up again, okay? Excellent. Great, Pastor. Uh, thank Have you. Have a good evening and uh, be blessed. Praise and, Yahweh. Uh, praise Yahweh. Amen. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with more live shows. Thanks for being here. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.